Hello, friend. Thank you for joining us today. Now, many of you know that my father was in the United States Army for over 20 years. I grew up as an Army brat. We moved, let's see, eight times in about 18 years. It was probably good preparation work for the life of an evangelist that my family and I live now. But recently, a friend of mine who is a United States Marine, he actually retired after 20 years or so, he shared a burden that was on his heart with me, a burden that found a twin, found an echo in my own heart, a burden to help those that are struggling with things they've seen or done in the United States military, but also bleeds over to law enforcement, to fire, to EMT, any of those folks that have struggled with any sort of PTSD while in the pursuit of fulfilling their duty. And he and I co-wrote a brand new gospel tract. You can find it on our website, BibleTracksInc.org. And today I'm going to share that gospel tract with you for the very first time. Again, BibleTracksInc.org. Here's the title. It's called The Warrior. Without further ado, let's jump in. Since the beginning of time, mankind has fought, bled, and died. Wars and catastrophes, both natural and man-made, have resulted in a small segment of our population being called into action. Warriors, medical professionals, police officers, firefighters, veterans of conflicts and circumstances they wouldn't wish on anyone else have answered that call throughout history. But then the guns fall silent. The state of emergency passes. The deployments come to an end. The stress, the life or death decisions are no longer required. The situation has seemingly settled. The world seems to go on with life, but sometimes the past doesn't stay in the past. Another giant raises its ugly head. In some ways, the coming battle is even worse than those faced in the, in the defense of one's country. Saving lives or keeping a community safe, this giant is coming for blood. Does that sound familiar? A situation like that reminds me of a man in the Bible. You may even know someone that shares his name. It's pretty common in modern times. The name David. We call him the warrior. David was a warrior, a general, a king, a leader of men. The Bible tells us he was just a youth when he ran towards battle for the first time and killed a brutal enemy soldier moments later. David was exceedingly skilled in single combat, even against vastly stronger foes, and his combat days only increased. Thousands of enemy combatants fell at his hand or because of his leadership. More impressive still, his men respected him so intensely that they often took on grave risk in a multitude of dangerous special operations engagements simply because he was their leader. His prowess and battle-hardened feats of bravery and courage are recorded, along with other details about his life, 
in the most popular single book ever written, the Bible. Though he was not the instigator or the perpetrator, David was a participant and combat soldier, a leader in some of the most gruesome conflicts in recorded history. He lived through, witnessed, and took part in many battle scenes that he could not easily forget. Outside of war, though, David had another life. He was a husband, a father, musician, shepherd. In short, David was a man. And as a man, he wrestled with the things he had done and the many sights he had seen. He even writes in Psalm 32, verse 3, When I kept my silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. You see, internalizing the things that bothered him made his mind and his body hurt. He continues in Psalm 38 verse 4, For mine iniquities are gone over mine head. As in heavy burden they are too heavy for me. And just a few verses later, I am troubled. I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. David goes on crying out to God to forgive him and to take this burden from him. Psalm 39 verse 7, And now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in thee. Hope is a term that is frequently misused in today's vernacular, being substituted incorrectly for concepts like wish or desire. The word hope implies there is an expectation of a positive outcome. David says, my hope is in thee. After confessing to God, he's asking God to deliver him from the burden and anguish. What does this mean? David expects that God will deliver him. And God does. David remembers his deliverance and thanks God. Psalm 40 verses 1 through 3. I waited patiently for the Lord. And he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it, and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. With God's help, you can defeat this giant of hopelessness. Don't let the enemy fool you into carrying this burden. But you may ask, who is the enemy? The enemy is Satan. He is the father of lies. Revelation 12.9 says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. John 8.44 He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Satan is on a mission to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10.10 says, The thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. He will stop at nothing to accomplish his evil goals. Satan wants you to believe that the pain ends with death, but it doesn't. 
Luke 16, 23 and 24, and in hell. He lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. It brings me no joy to tell you that any suffering you may experience in this world is nothing compared to an eternity spent without the one who can give you the victory over your hopeless state. So, let me introduce you to the victor. The truth is that everyone deserves to spend an eternity in hell. Regardless of the good works you've done, no matter your service to your country, to your community, your family, we are all bound for hell. Not one of us can buy our way out. But I have some good news. You don't have to go to hell. Notice what the Bible says. 1 John chapter 1, 8 and 9. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The next verse reiterates that there is hope. Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus Christ, the victor, the Son of God, subjected himself to brutal execution by crucifixion. He became sin and bore the wrath of God so that you don't have to. Even more wondrous, he proved his power and rose from the dead so that you can have a bridge to heaven. John chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. My friend, have you accepted the free gift of eternal salvation and victory over hopelessness that Jesus Christ offers? You can do so today. God tells us in Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Right now, where you are, you could pray a simple prayer. The words won't save you. You must believe in your heart. Pray to God now. Confess you are a sinner and repent of your sins. Tell him that you have no other way to heaven. Ask him to come into your life and save you. If you did that just now, we want to rejoice with you. You now have a new life in Christ. You're now part of the family of God, and we want to welcome you. We would love for you to reach out to us so that we can help welcome you into this new life in Christ. There is one more item I would like you to consider. You that are listening right now, you probably already know others that struggle in the same way you have. God has given us a duty. Through Christ, we have a grand opportunity to help others in this fight. He's calling on you to stand. 
Ephesians 6.13, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in evil day, and having done all, to stand. No matter what, keep standing against the enemy. Share with others how they too can defeat their giants. That was a brand new gospel track called The Warrior. Maybe you know a veteran. Maybe you know someone struggling with PTSD. Maybe you'd like to go to our website, BibleTracksInc.org, and order it today. Maybe, though, you have more questions. In just a moment, the announcer will be on to give you all sorts of ways that you can contact us. I'd love to hear from you. Have a great day for His glory, and God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.